Yom Kippur, three o'clock on Erev Shabbos, I give a drasha to a group of people who are extremely consistent and uh, who actually seem to care about what I say. So uh, that's what I'm all about, is saying something that makes a difference. So it's really, uh, thank you all for being there every week and for giving me a chance to make a difference. And Mirzashem, we should all share happy occasions. And Mirzashem, next year at this time, we should find ourselves in Eretz Israel. If not after the Gula Hashlema, then immediately before the Gula Hashlema. Amen. Amen. I believe Rabbi Foxbrenner is on, and I, I assume he's going to take over from here. Do I, meanwhile, I have to go move some chairs and go remove a watermelon here and there, and a couple of soda bottles have to be on, open before Shabbos, and all the things that grandfathers do before Shabbos. Okay, be well. <laughs> and my turn to begin. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a good Shabbos. Enjoy Connecticut. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Everybody's wearing masks very beautifully here. Everybody. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos number 1076. Ah, now I'm ready to go into Shabbos. Very good. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll unmute myself. Be well. Okay, bye bye. Good Shabbos. Shabbos. Okay, hi everybody. Hello, Rabbi. Good Arab Shabbos. Sorry you're stuck with me. Good Arab Shabbos. Good Arab Shabbos. We're not stuck. We're honored. I know usually this is Rabbi Feldman's time. Um, so, um, you know, I, I appreciate your staying on. If anyone needs to go to sign off, it's totally fine. Do not at all feel uh, beholden. Uh, but as long as we're all here together, let us, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Parsha and about the time of year. Um, I don't know if I always have the opportunity to speak to all of you, and this is, this is great, wonderful. Let me start with this. I see Marcy Karen on the screen, and I want to show you this in honor of Marcy Karen. Okay. Can you all see that? Yes. The question is whether it's muxer to give it to somebody, take it to a class. Oh. No, that's fine. Um, so this, uh, it looks like it's backwards on my screen. Is it backwards on your screen also? No, it's fine. No. Okay, it's so this, this is a phrase from the Gemara. It says, I'm reading it backwards. La'olam yehe adam ragil lomar kol da'ovid rachmana letav ovid. As an Aramaic phrase, a person, la'olam, a person should always, here we go, should, a person should always accustom himself to say, Everything that Hashem does is for, for the, good. the good, is for the best, is for the good, actually. It says Latav, for the good, Latav of it, for the good. That's what it says. This was handed to me by, um, by Marcy Karen's husband just a couple of hours ago. I happened to see him, and, uh, and he showed this to me. This is a calligraphy supplied by Marcy. Um, oh. And it is a great way of starting today's topic. Um, you can talk to Marcy about getting one of these of your own. Really important <laughs> stuff to remember. <laughs> yeah, it is. I get no cut from this except hopefully a spiritual cut, which is the only cut that counts. Um, so anyway, everything Hashem does is for the best. We know that. And yet, it's Shabbos, Nachamu, 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 Ami, be comforted, be comforted, my people, and I'm here in, my, in my shaggy beard. My nails are still long. It was, it's like, you, it still feels Tisha B'avi, um, not in the dark sense, but just, it's hard to like, to go from one pole to the other, from this day of, of intense mourning to, hey, everything's fine. Nachamu, nachamu, be comforted. Be comforted with what? That's the question. What are we comforted with? 
Um, you know, so we read the words of comfort, obviously, and we know it's going to be okay, because we know, that's right, everything Hashem does is for the best. But what I want to talk about one aspect of the comfort that we could possibly feel now. Um, this is a deep point. This is a really, it's a great point, a deep point. The, uh, if you can mute yourselves, that would be great. If you can't, I'm happy to hear you have to say also. One second, let me figure this out. Um, mute. Okay. If you have something to say, just unmute yourself and, and, and pipe in. So, Moshe um, Abenu in this week's Parsha, Ve'aschanan El Hashem, he beseeches Hashem to let him into the land of Israel, let him into Eretz Israel. And he davens many times, again and again and again and again. And Chazal tell us that he davens 515 tefillos, 515 tefillos for the same thing. We can barely conjure up one tefillah. <laughs> so it's amazing the power of tefillah, the power of ischachis, of newness that is latent in our tefillos. We can learn this from Moshe Rabbeinu 515 times for the same thing. And Hashem eventually said no. 515 times, and he said no again. And, it's a, and, and that's startling in and of itself. But the Gemara in Brachos, on 32b, Lamed Beis, Amed Beis, 32 is Lave, by the way. 32, Matria, Lamed Beis, Lave. Easy to remember, Lave. And uh, on Brachos, Daf Lave, 32nd Daf in Brachos, it says as follows. It says that we know that prayer can be more effective than good deeds. Tefillah can work better than Masim Tovim. How do we know that? The Gemara says because there is nobody in history that had more good deeds to his name than Moshe Rabbeinu. That's it. Can't, get, can't, can't top that. And at the same time, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, the, the, it notes the power of his prayer. Where do we see the power of his prayer? This week's Parsha. From the Aschanan al Hashem, he daven to Hashem. One, one second. This is, what does that mean? Basic understanding of the Gemara. Hashem said no. Hashem said no to him. Where do we see the power of his prayer? I mean, I, I could hear referring to the power of his tefillos when he beseeched and he davened for forgiveness after the Chet Egel, after the golden calf. That makes sense. But the power of his prayer coming from the this week's parsha. This is where we see the failure, if you could say such a thing. So, where, how, how do we see the power of prayer from this week's parsha? So that's that's our question for today. Um, yeah. So I wanted to mention that um, the the really the ultimate question here is why did Hashem said no? We'll come back to our first question as to how the no tells us the power of the prayer. But why did Hashem say no to Moshe? Why did he say no to him? Um, the Medrash explains that everything that Moshe Rabbeinu touched, it was like lahavdil, <laughs> to separate, like the King Midas of, 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 of eternity. King Midas, he touched something, it turned into gold. Moshe Rabbeinu touched something and it turned into nitzchiyus, it turned into eternity. The Torah is eternal, Kedusha, sanctity, Kla Yisrael, the Jewish people. All that Torah is eternal. Moshe Rabbeinu instilled it in the world. It became eternal. And Hashem did not want the Beis HaMikdash to be eternal. 
as startling as that sound. He didn't want it to be eternal. If Moshe Rabbeinu would have touched it, gone into the land, established the temple, it would have been eternal. Doesn't that sound great? There was an issue. As the Medrash tells us, that it's true that God destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, but really what was deserving of destruction was not the Beis HaMikdash. There's a Medrash told, a Medrash gives a parable, Medrash and Eicha, I think, of a king whose son goes astray. Son goes off, doesn't follow the kingly path. And the son had built himself a beautiful house when he was the prince. And the, son, and the king became very upset with him. And he wanted to punish his son to set him out on the right path. And he thought, how could he, how could he punish his son? What could he do to him? He loved him so dearly, he didn't want to harm him in any way. And then he thought to himself, I'm going to take away his house. And he set about destroying the house. And the son came back and he was terribly distraught, terribly distraught. He destroyed my house, my beautiful house. And the father said to the son, it was the house that was destroyed, but really what was disturbing, what was deserving of destruction in some realm was, was not the house, but the owner of the house. Lucky for you that you had this house and that I was able to punish you via the house and not hit the etzem, not hit you yourself. That's what the Medrash tells us. And so, as the Medrash expresses, HaKadosh Baruch was hishlich kaso al etzem va'avonim. He threw his, cast his fury upon etzem, sticks, va'avonim, and upon stones. He cast his fury upon sticks and stones, not that the base of Migdosh was mere sticks and stones, but in the physical sense, that's what it was. And that's what was destroyed. And the essence of the Beis HaMikdush that is alive in Christ from the Jewish people was not destroyed. And had Moshe Rabbeinu laid his hands on it, had he gone into, the, on, into Eretz Yisrael, had he been able to build it, there would have been a problem. Because what Moshe Rabbeinu touches like the King Midas, so to speak, it would not have been destroyed. So Moshe could not be allowed to enter the base Mikdash. Hashem can see the whole picture. We can't, not even Moshe Rabbeinu can see it. And that's why Hashem said, you cannot go into the land. It's not for the greater good. Kedavan again and again and again, but I care too much about Kalei Yisrael to allow this to happen, to allow you to go into the land and create this eternal edifice of the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore I say no. Sometimes we have a child running around. The child wants to run to the street. Happens, happens in our house. Child wants to run to the street. Child wants to stick their finger someplace <laughs> into the outlet. And you go and you grab the child away. And you say, no! Child's crying. What do you mean, no? What do you mean, no? Don't you love me? This is what I want. How could you say no? And you say, no, I don't want that. That's not good for you. No. But you know, that no is the sweetest sound in the world if you really know how to listen to it properly. Because the no is saying, I care about you. This is not good for you. That's what the no is saying. I once um, had the occasion to have a meeting with the great Rosh Yeshiva, Rav Nassim Svi Finkel, my Rosh Yeshiva, the great Torah scholar and sweet father figure to many thousands. I consider myself close with him, but so does everybody else. And I once had the occasion to be in the room with a serious donor to the yeshiva, Egvir, as, as the term is coined, as the term is used colloquially, 
very wealthy person who was connected to the great Mir Yeshiva. And Rav Nassim Finkel was being asked by a, a very simple favor. I forgot what it was, get a certain boy into the yeshiva. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. And Rav Nassim Svi had a way in which he, he, he told this person, person said, you know, if you do this, then I can help you out. And he turned to me and said, is everything a, um, what was his language? Something like, not everything is business. Let's just be friends. That's what he said to him. Not everything is business. And this fellow turned to me and said, only the Rosh Yeshiva can say no so very sweetly. Can say no in a way that feels like yes and feels like I love you. Even though he said no, he turned me down flat on my face and I feel great. It was an amazing moment. I'll never forget it. When you really love somebody, you can say no and that no means I love you. And so Moshe Rabbeinu heard that no from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He didn't want to hear it, but he heard it many times over. And when Hashem said no, that was the power of Moshe Rabbeinu's prayer. Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah was, I want what's best for the world. And Hashem said no, that's what's best for the world. That's where we see the power of Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah, of his prayer, in the no. Because the no was really a yes in the sense that that's what was right. That's what the Gemara means, that we see the power of Moshe Rabbeinu's prayer from this week's parsha. Amazing thing. And so when you think about Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, what is there to, what's there to, to take comfort in? So the prophet, the Navi tells us that uh, there's going to be a time. It's coming. We believe in the prophecy, we believe in the Torah, it's coming. A time of redemption is coming. But even before then, there's something about the fact that we're communicating with Hashem and He's listening to us. And He might not say yes right now, but He's listening. And maybe He's saying no. And there's a reason for the no. But the recognition that there's that communication and the rec recognition that He's listening and the recognition that He is going to help us and the recognition that maybe He's taking us away from the outlet right now, but soon He's going to plug us in. All that can be considered when we think about this parsha. we think about Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, be comforted, be comforted. We think about the prayers that Moshe Rabbeinu was turned down. We're all, our prayers are also being turned down in a certain sense. And we have to realize, that's right, everything that Hashem does is for the very, very, very best. That's what it is. So the lesson of the card, the lesson of the Parsha. Thank you, Marcy Karen, for sponsoring this Russia. <laughs> Thank you, everybody else, for tuning in, for staying on. And uh, it's, again, a wonderful pleasure to talk to you thank, all. Thank you. Good Shabbos, number 1076. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Good Shabbos, shalom, Rabbi. Shabbat shalom. Thank you so much. Oh. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Shabbos, Rabbi Shakar. So nice to be able to say hello again. <laughs> Shabbos, Rabbi. Hi, Nathaniel. Good to hear you. Hi. <laughs> Shabbos, everybody who's on. Good Shabbos, everyone.